And welcome into 4for4.com, so the most accurate podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson. What's up, John? How are we doing today? Uh, fair to Midland is what my dad used to say when he was kind of doing okay. So I, I, like I want to say fair to Midland. Okay, fair enough. Um, tell us about the music that brought us in, and then we'll get into the podcast today. Yeah, that's a track called uh, With Arms Outstretched um, by Rilo Kiley. Uh, it's from their 2002 album, The Execution of All Things. So we went... I wouldn't say old school, but that's you know that's 18 years ago now. Um, great track, one of my favorites. It's kind of a ballad, a good acoustic ballad. Um, so I'll put it on the most accurate podcast playlist, which you can find a, a link to in the show notes. Yeah, when you sent it to me and I read it real quick, I read the title real quick. I thought you sent me Creeds with art with arms wide open. I'm like, this does not sound like a John Paulson <laughs> selection. For those yeah. for those that don't know, John picks out our music. Yeah, make sure that I didn't send you Creed uh, before you <laughs> post it on the pod, okay? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to subject any any listener to Creed. Uh, nevertheless, subject us to that. Uh, but the most accurate podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, home of the all new snake draft format, the Battle Royale. More on that a little bit later on. As we have told you the last couple of podcasts, 444 now has a Discord, so it's a community where 444 subscribers can interact with each other and the 444 analyst, and it's where John posts his Thinking Inside the Box series of stats every single Monday. To join, go to bit.ly slash 444discord. That's in all lowercase. You can verify your subscription and get started. As as we've told you, again, in, in the last couple of podcasts, if you still haven't signed up for 4 for 4, you can get a free 4 for 4 subscription if you sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, which is a daily fantasy site. You, you, all you have to do is be a new user to Monkey Knife Fight, deposit $10 into your account after sign up, and then the, that offer is good for a free 4 for 4 Classic Pro or DFS subscription. So that's up to a $99 value. It's a no-brainer if you lived in, live in the 35 approved states or in Canada. Details for that can be found at bit.ly. The number four, F-O-R, number four, M-K-F, that's all lowercase. And the offer is good for existing 4 for 4 subscribers as well. So if you already have a 4 for 4 subscription, no problem. You want to take advantage of this, great. Just go through that process. Email support at 444.com. Let them know, and they'll add a year onto your existing subscription. So a really good deal. Let's go over the injury and COVID-19 updates, John. We'll start off with the Raiders because they've, they've been hit with a, a slew of either positive COVID cases or guys that now have to be quarantined because of contact tracing. So Raiders-Bucks for Sunday, it's still on track to play, even though the Raiders' offensive line was sent home after having close contact, contact with left tackle Trent Brown. But all those tests have been negative since then, and they should be clear to play except for Brown. That game was moved to the afternoon with Arizona and Seattle being moved to Sunday night. So a couple of different flex schedule-wise here. But anything that we need to know from a fantasy perspective, John? Well, I would be a little bit worried about this matchup because the Bucks are really good against the run. Uh, and to have your 
entire offensive line sent home and not really participating in practice basically for the whole week um, is probably going to work against uh, the Raiders and uh, Josh Jacobs. So yesterday when I kind of got this news or I was updating the rankings uh, and I saw that the uh, offensive line was still remaining out, uh, I moved Jacobs down below uh, Antonio Gibson, David Johnson, Boston Scott um, out of concern. Uh, about this matchup and then what's going on with the the Raiders offensive line. So it's a a little bit dicey, I think, for Jacobs. Sam Darnold, Jets quarterback, he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, but he is expected to start against the Bills. Not that anybody is looking to get Sam Darnold into into their their lineups this week, but what about guys like Jamison Crowder? Do you move guys like Crowder up or down based on Sam Darnold starting? Yeah, you got the right. You're thinking the right way about it, Anthony. It's it's not so much Darnold unless you're talking two or three quarterback leagues uh, where you can start quarterbacks in the flex, super flex, um, or start two quarterbacks every week. Uh, but it's more for for the rest of us who play mostly in in regular formats. It's more about Jamison Crowder, Brashad Perryman, uh, really those two, and maybe um, Chris Herndon if he <laughs> can uh, resurrect his season a little bit, but. Uh, it's certainly better to have Darnold back there than than Joe Flacco. Uh, he's more mobile and he, you know, just a better quarterback at this point uh, of Flacco's career. So um, it'll be nice to have him back. It is a little concerning that the injury is to his throwing shoulder. So we'll see what what he's able to deliver. And then we'll we do have an update on Jamison Crowder a little bit later. He's he's banged up too. Leonard Fournette, the Bucks running back, he's. Full. He practiced in full Wednesday and Thursday. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. Looks like he will return. So I think the question for Ronald Jones owners is how will this impact Jones with the return of Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I would say they're, they're probably fretting this a little bit based on what happened uh, earlier in the year when he had a you know a bad exchange with Tom Brady on a handoff. Uh, there was a fumble. It was charged to Brady, but I don't think Bruce Arians charged it to Brady <laughs> because... <laughs> Fournette came in and basically uh, stole uh, uh, Jones's uh, lunch money in that game. But since then, it's been a lot of Ronald Jones. I mean, the last three games, and some of this is with uh, Fournette sideline, but 111 yards against the Chargers, 106 yards rushing against uh, the Bears, 113 yards uh, rushing against the Packers with two touchdowns. You know, he's adding. 10 to 20 yards receiving as well, catching at least two passes in every game. So heading into this one, I right now have him ranked in the top 10. I have to add uh, Fournette to the rankings if it looks like he's going to play. Uh, if he gets a questionable tag uh, or worse, um, I would expect him to be limited. And if he's removed from the injury report, then you're expecting Fournette to be a full go, and that might... Uh, put a little dent into Ronald Jones's upside. If he has any sort of mistake, he, Arians may not stick with him like he would if uh, Fournette was sidelined. Joe Mixon, running back for the Bengals, he did not practice on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. He's dealing with a foot injury. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, is calling him day-to-day. What's your confidence level that Joe Mixon will play against the Browns on Sunday? Um, confidence level. He's one that can definitely not practice and then just show up and, and play and be okay. They, they do play in the early game on Sunday, so that's good. Uh, Gio Bernard, if you're a, if you're a mix-in owner and you don't have another option, 
Drew Bernard's out there on a lot of waiver wires. Uh, he just hasn't done much this year, and has there's been no reason to, you know, hold him other than the possible Mixon injury. Uh, Mixon did finish the game in Week Six, and usually when that happens, um, they play the following week. But occasionally they don't, and this uh, they could just be uh, allowing him to get as much treatment as possible ahead of Sunday with the plan that he's going to play Sunday. So this is going to probably be one of these. Uh, Schefter, Rappaport, whatever tweets uh, on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, and or late late Saturday night, uh, telling us what the plan is with with Mixon. But if you're a little bit uh, skittish about this, uh, Gio Bernard would be an RB two uh, if he uh, were the the starter there for for Cincy if if uh, Mixon's out. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown did not practice on Thursday, but he missed some practice time last week and wound up wound up playing the Texans on Sunday. Do you feel good that A.J. Brown's going to face Pittsburgh? I do right now. I was looking for – we're recording on uh, Friday morning. I was looking for updates this morning. Uh, nothing yet. Uh, but I just think they're being really careful with his knee and allowing him as much rest as possible to try to get him through the season or at least get the knee – back to 100% before he starts practicing fully on a regular basis. So, um, you know, he, he again, finished uh, the, the game uh, in week six, and I expect him to play. He played well. He had a couple touchdowns uh, for the Titans, and uh, I would expect him to be out there, uh, barring some unforeseen news here in the next uh, 48 hours. Similar question with John Brown. He's dealing with a knee injury. did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, this is uh, – he was limping around – I'm doing a lot of starting a sentence and then changing my thought process. <laughs> uh, he was limping around on uh, in week six. Uh, and this is a situation where they're playing the Jets and maybe the Bills think, yeah, Gabriel Davis can fill in for John Brown and we can beat the Jets without John Brown. Give him a week to to rest and get the knee right before we you know push forward the season because they don't have a bye until later on in the season. So um, there's just no daylight for Brown to get fully healthy. Uh, so this might be kind of a mini buy for him uh, since they're playing the Jets and they could probably beat him without him. All right. And then you mentioned this before, Jamison Crowder is dealing with a groin injury, did not practice on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. So I'd asked you about moving Jamison Crowder up and down your rankings based on Sam, Sam Darnold starting on Sunday. But with him limited, what are your thoughts on Crowder specifically? Yeah. The funny thing about Crowder is that he is – leading the league right now in targets per game uh, and has been super productive for the most part. Uh, so if he's available and playing, it's good for owners to start him, especially in PPR formats because he's just a high-volume guy. Uh, and uh, the Bills have trouble covering slot receivers They have uh, this season, so it's it's been a challenge for them. So Crowder, it's a good matchup for him. So hopefully he can get a, at least a limited practice in today um, but he's also one, a veteran who could uh, be a, did not practice today and then turn around and play uh, on Sunday. And they play early, so we should know uh, earlier rather than later whether or not he's going to be active. Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins dealing with an ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. But this, this seems to be kind of common now with, with DeAndre Hopkins. Any concern he won't play on Sunday, against, Sunday night really, against the Seahawks? Not, yeah, not really concerned. Uh, just wanted to mention him because of the – you know, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. I get to, to be a little bit alarming for, for fantasy owners and they start to get worried about him. But he's he's one that typically plays and he's played through a lot of injuries. And um, I think this is just, you know, rest for him ahead of this uh, game against Seattle. Deontay Johnson was practiced. He, he was back at practice full Wednesday, full Thursday. What do you think about the Steelers wide receiver this weekend against Tennessee? 
Yeah, it's hard to trust Johnson because he's been able, unable to stay healthy when he's been playing. He's been quite good, uh, but they've got a lot of options there now with Chase Claypool basically playing the best of any of the receivers on that team in terms of production. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is, you know, is more of a name right now than an actual uh, target uh, in terms of heavy heavy targets in that offense. He's just, uh, you know, he's he's just not producing what we were expecting out of the third, fourth round uh, pick. So, you know, he's being ranked in the 40s now for the first time in quite some time. Uh, he's just not getting the volume in that offense. I mean, they've just got so many weapons when Johnson, Claypool, uh, James Washington, Smith-Schuster, and Ebron are all healthy, uh, and there just aren't enough targets to go around. That sometimes happens. And the only guy that they're uh, consistently targeting in terms of when he's on the field, they're trying to get him and get him the ball is Chase Claypool. So uh, we'll see what Johnson, I mean, I think he's sort of a fringe start uh, as well. Him and uh, Smith-Schuster are sort of in the same range. Like you just want to see uh, their roles grow in this offense before you trust them as an every week start. And I think Claypool is getting to that point because he's just playing so well. And I think the odd man out is is Washington, but he's still going to play 30 to 50% of the snaps and, you know, get some deep balls because he's, uh, he's dangerous on that end. So um, it's it's getting to be tough to project this uh, receiving core because they're they're all playing 40, 30, 40 to 70, 80 percent of the snaps, and they're they're all involved in the offense. Michael Thomas tweaked his am- his hamstring is now a long shot to play on Sunday, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Boy, Michael Thomas owners just can't catch a break here. Yeah, and then he was suspended or disciplined last uh, the last game for arguing with a teammate. I guess he punched a teammate in practice. So this game, this season is not going the way that Thomas owners had hoped uh, uh, to say the least. And he was supposed to be um, one of these guys that was in the first round for zero RB folks who, you know, you take, you take receivers, they supposedly get injured less uh, in the early rounds. And then you take you know running backs later in the draft uh, and, and benefit from all the injuries at running back. But we've had a lot of injuries at, at receiver as well. And Thomas, is probably number one in that on that list of, of disappointments in terms of injury out of the first or second round. Um, if he's out, Emmanuel Sanders has grown, his role has grown, and his rapport has grown with Drew Brees. So I would rank him ahead of Traquan Smith. Uh, Smith would be involved as well, but uh, and get a boost. And then also uh, Jared Cook, who we have to mention every <laughs> podcast, but he's definitely a, a tight end one with Thomas out because there's just an extra. I don't know, 10, 12 targets to, to go around there in that offense. A couple of tight ends, speaking of which, Noah Fant, and we'll run through these. Noah Fant, ankle full on Thursday. Jonu Smith, ankle full on Thursday. And then your guy, Robert Tanyan, did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So your your thoughts this week on Noah Fant and then Jonu Smith of the Broncos and Titans, respectively. And then Robert Tanyan is a guy that a lot of people are targeting in DFS play as well. What are your thoughts on him? Well, you must have missed the news because it's Tunyon. Apparently, he has uh, corrected the press after th- in his third season. Uh, the pronunciation from his last name is Tunyon, uh, so like onion. So just remember that. Uh, we're moving forward. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I, I did miss that. No, I'm probably going to forget as well because I'm so used to saying Tunyon, <laughs> Tun- Tunyon, especially with my Wisconsin accent. Um, Fant looks like he's going to be back, so I have to get him in the rankings. He'll 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 come in as a low end tight end one because he's just been. Whenever he's been active, he's been a big part of that offense, and they're scheming to get the ball to him. So he will be startable this week. Uh, tight ends getting really – I was 
tweeting about it yesterday. It's getting really dicey at tight end. And it's even more so than previous years. It's been great to have Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, even though uh, some of those guys will have a dud game here and there. It's just nice having a weapon at the tight end position. The only late round guy really to be producing is Smith, John New Smith. And it looks like he's going to play. Anthony Ferkser had the big game last week with Smith sidelined. And I think Ferkser will be uh, involved against Pittsburgh, but um, you know, Pittsburgh is not Houston defensively. So I don't know how much the Titans are going to score uh, relative to what they did last week uh, against Houston. Uh, so Fant will be ranked probably top 10, top 12. Uh, Smith is already ranked uh, eighth uh, in half PPR. And then uh, I do have Tunyon in the, um, in the rankings at six. He was a, a, a officially a did not practice, but he was seen at practice working off to the side with a helmet on. So, And he also is one that finished last week's game he did, he did miss a few snaps against the Bucks, um, but returned and caught a few passes. It looked okay. So I'm assuming that he's going to, after a week of uh, rehab and everything, he's going to be able to play this week. All right. Good good report on Tunyon. <laughs> I'm just going to say his name a couple of times there. and then Tunyon. Yeah, hopefully it sinks in. Hey, we all love snake drafts. We all love big prizes. But what we don't all love is big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. You heard me mention this at the start of the podcast. In Battle Royale, you're draft, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, they pool together the prizes so they can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format that everybody seems to love. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, you have to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't with big prizes that used to only be attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The first Battle Royale is already up in the Underdog app and on its website. It's $5 to enter and has a $25,000 prize pool. The payout to first place is $5,000. So again, check out Underdog Fantasy and their Battle Royale. Thursday night football last night, John. It wasn't a great matchup, but the Eagles did come from behind in the final minutes to upend the Giants 22-21. to 20, 21. So let's start off with the Eagles first and foremost. We'll, I'll, I'll run through some of this. We'll save Deshaun Jackson, the injury news, for, for last. But Carson Wentz, 25-43, 359 yards, two touchdowns, a pick as well. And the interception was, you know, one where he's kind of throwing the ball away and he didn't get it out of bounds enough. And the, the Giants defender made a really nice play on it. But Wentz otherwise was, was excellent there. Some of the other guys I wanted you to mention, Boston Scott, 12 carries, 46 yards. He also had a, a tremendous catch as well um, in the – actually, I thought – maybe yeah, – Richard Rodgers, Travis Fulgram, Greg Ward. Fulgram, five catches, 73 yards. You had Richard Rodgers who led the way, six catches on eight targets. It was second to Fulgram's 11 targets for the Eagles. Rodgers had 85 yards in the victory for Philadelphia. And then you had Greg Ward, who saw six targets, caught five of them for 42 yards and a touchdown. This Eagles passing game was in full force last night, John. Uh, Yeah, and with the injuries to uh, 
uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who apparently they're shooting for a Week 10 return. Uh, Richard Rodgers is going to be a uh, decent streamer. Uh, Carson Wentz likes to throw those tight ends, as evidenced by last night. Rodgers is not an explosive tight end at all, but he has pretty good hands, <clears throat> excuse me, soft hands, and can play. You know, I don't know what his nickname is for sure, but we're internally at 444 in our Slack. We're calling him Dick Rod. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty sophomoric, but it's pretty funny as well. It's fun to type out Dick Rod. So I don't know if that's his nickname, but I picked him up in Scott Fishbowl. I did not start him this week, uh, but I think he'll be startable moving forward if he's going to, certainly if he's going to see these sort of targets. Uh, the Deshaun Jackson injury, he's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out several weeks. You can cut him now. Uh, I was holding him in our FFPC league uh, with the hope. Actually, we tried to cut him for a couple different players, but got outbid. Uh, and so we're like, oh, we can hold on to DJX and see if he can come back. And, you know, he's working his way, working his way back, and then um, plays a game and gets, you know, gets injured. So <laughs> basically the same as it ever was with, with Jackson. And he's going to be out for another, I bet you, four weeks at least. So that the point there is that that cements uh, Fulgham is the likely wide receiver one for the remainder of the season for for Philly. Uh, he's really exploded onto the scene. He had a quiet first half, but they got him going. Uh, ended up with eleven targets. Uh, so I would he he's becoming an every week start uh, against all odds. And uh, you know Ward working in most mostly in the slot and Rogers as the tight end. Uh, and then you're looking for another possible receiving threat. John Hightower is sort of a deep threat. He'll he'll end up picking up a lot of snaps uh, with with Jackson out because he was playing quite a bit with Jackson and having quite a bit uh, of air yards uh, with Jackson sideline. So I think he'll go back to that role. And Jackson ended up playing most of the game. I, I saw that he returned a punt with two minutes to play in the fourth quarter. So I'm not exactly sure when the ankle injury he was that on that on that happened. Play. But um, yeah, you know he's out. Oh, it was on that play. So uh, that's a you know a bummer for his owners that he that injured it on a punt return. Um, but that's the way it goes. So Jackson can be cut. Try to improve your roster. Uh, obviously, Fulgham is going to be gone. Uh, but maybe there's some other waiver wire pickups you can make to to, to kind of replace him because I think at this point he's definitely droppable. All right, let's go over the Giants now. Daniel Jones, 20 of 30 for 187 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He also led the Giants in rushing, 92 yards. He had an 80-yard run where he had nothing but daylight ahead of him, should have scored, and he stumbled within the 10-yard line. I mean, you could see him kind of petering a little bit as he was he was running, John, but I... <laughs> I don't know, sniper, a sniper at Lincoln, Lincoln Financial got him. Uh, but anyways, he finishes with four carries for 92 yards, so he had kind of a nice fantasy night if you if you took a flyer on uh, Daniel Jones. Some of the other guys, Devontae Freeman only had three carries for eight yards because he, he suffered uh, an ankle injury that caused him to leave the game. So Wayne Gallman f- finished with 10 carries for 34 yards. Deion Lewis had three carries for 23 yards. Wayne Gallman also had the touchdown. Sterling Shepard wound up playing in the game, saw eight targets, caught six of them for 59 yards and a touchdown. Golden Tate had the other receiving touchdown for the Giants. Only two targets. He caught the one, though, for 39 yards and a score, so that wound up being a big play. And even though he didn't see the end zone, Evan Ingram saw nine targets, six catches, 46 yards. What were your thoughts on the Giants from last night? Yeah, and this is uh, Shepard's first game back, so it was 
I wanted to see how they're divvying up the targets between Shepard, Engram, Tate, and Slayton. Uh, Slayton was also uh, dealing with Darius Slay coverage, and he ended up with only four targets, and that might have been part of the reason why uh, why that happened. But Shepard comes back and immediately gets eight targets and produces six for 51, 59 and a touchdown. Uh, they keep trying to feature Evan Ingram with nine. He led the team with nine targets. Uh, and Golden Tate is one that started the day in scoring uh, for the Giants with a 39-yard touchdown. That was only one of his two targets. So uh, Tate seems to be fading. You can't count on the touchdown every week. So you're, you're probably looking at Slayton, uh, Shepard, and Ingram as the, the three primary targets in the passing game. Uh, Wayne Gallman did end up with 15 touches for 54 yards and a touchdown with Freeman's injury. So we'll have to see what sort of injury and how long Freeman will be out because they were basically utilizing him as a bell cow uh, the last couple of weeks. And if he's out, then most of those touches are probably going to go to Gallman. Although it was interesting to see that Deion Lewis ended up with three three carries and no catches because he's more of a pass catching back at this point. Uh, I I was watching the game cast at my son's bas- you know socially distanced basketball practice, and I saw Jones had that 80-yard run. And it just you know how you're ever watching the game cast and it's like there's some weird play and they it's just a screw up by the statistician. Like, Oh, yeah. it was really okay. in, in it. Yeah. And then they, all of a sudden the, the field position changes drastic. I, I thought it was yes. going to be an eight yard, eight yard run for Daniel Jones. Cause I don't know how you have uh, an 80 yard run, not score a touchdown. I mean, it's, <laughs> how often does that happen? Uh, so that, that, I guess that's my funny story from last night, but Jones is getting a little bit better fantasy wise. And I think with Shepard, Ingram, Tate, Slayton, he does have a nice group of weapons. And if they lose Freeman, the running game is going to be probably that much worse. You know, maybe they don't run the ball as much uh, as they've been trying to, and they kind of just feature the passing game. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've been watching like Gamecast or something like that, and I've I've got maybe a, a bet, and um, I see the little line move one way or another, and typically it usually happens when it's like a, a, a good play for me, and then they they move the line back. It's like son of a bitch, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's always it's always good to to get crushed by the game cast anyways let's get into sneaky starts i always love this segment every single week john we'll go over quarterbacks running backs wide receivers the entire article though is posted at 444.com we go over some of the outliers for our sneaky starts but john john posts the entire article and it's it's worth a read the descriptions that he gives on each player is, is fantastic so let's go over some quarterbacks that you like including joe burrow who's got the cleveland browns yeah, and he's had a couple of you know so-so fantasy outings, but the the Browns prevent uh, present a nice matchup. Twenty-first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Um, they've given up two hundred seventy-two yards passing and two point two touchdowns per game um, to opposing quarterbacks this season. And Burrow has at least fifteen fantasy points in five of six games this season, and twenty plus in two games. So um, this is kind of could be a sneaky shootout here between the Bengals and the, and the Browns. And I think Burrow will definitely get in on the, the scoring action. You also like Teddy B. He's got the matchup with the New Orleans Saints. Saints coming off the bye, but indoors. And Ted, Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore has not been playing shutdown type defense or coverage either. So the Saints uh, have been uh, getting killed through the air. 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They've given up three or more touchdown passes in four straight games. And uh, they're second in the league with 15 touchdown passes allowed this season. Uh, so the, the pass defense is pretty bad. Um, 
And the, the the Panthers are not running the ball particularly well either. I mean, Mike Davis is good in the passing game, but he's not crushing it as a runner. So, uh, you know, with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and maybe Curtis Samuel back, they've, they've got weapons in the passing game. Um, and the Saints, you know, likely to score some points in this one as well. So this could be a, a shootout. But Bridgewater has been kind of up and down this season, but he's had... You know, he had a bad bad game against the Bears last week, but prior to that, 276 yards and two touchdowns against Arizona, 313 yards and two touchdowns against the Falcons, and he's running the ball as well, 20 yards rushing per game, so he's got the Konami Code uh, rushing uh, baseline for you, which raises his floor, so this is a nice spot for Teddy. Let's switch over to some running backs. You like Jarek McKinnon. Is it is it more about McKinnon's volume with a couple guys banged up in that San Francisco backfield again, or is it is it matchup-based as well? Yeah, I would like to mention that I did list Boston Scott here at top of this uh, sneaky starts list, and he came through yeah, at the end did. of that game uh, with, a, with a nice one, 90-something total yards and a touchdown. But uh, with McKinnon, we're back to him as the likely starter, I would say. Uh, Raheem Mostert, sideline. Tevin Coleman's still out. Uh, Jeff Wilson is hobbled. So it looks like McKinnon and Jermichael Hasty, um, And Hasty, they did give him some work you know, last week, nine carries for 37 yards for him. McKinnon hasn't, you know, torn it up uh, as a runner, uh, but he's a dual threat there. And I think he gets back to his 15 or so touches with some, you know, high uh, yield catches uh, and a big role in the passing game as well. New England is not a great matchup. They're fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. But uh, in this sort of volume, I think McKinnon's still startable. Latavius Murray, you also like, going back to that Saints and Panthers matchup, uh, Carolina not great against the run this year. Yeah, so one of the side effects of the Michael Thomas absence is that they use Alvin Kamara more as a receiver, and then in turn they want to lighten his load as a rusher. Um, so it's allowing Murray to have you know some of these big games. He had a big game against the, the Lions, uh, with a couple touchdowns, and Carolina is 31st to just fancy points allowed to running back. So um, it's a nice matchup for him. And sometimes with these sneaky starts, you look for that RB2 who might see 10 to 15 carries in a game or touches in a game against a bad defense, and, and they can uh, put up some fancy points for you. And then switching over to wide receivers, Christian Kirk had the big touchdown against the Cowboys on Monday night. He's facing a Seattle defense that has not been good against the pass uh, all season long. Yeah, they're 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers, so they're the worst in the league. Um, Kirk has come off his injury and has actually produced uh, three useful fantasy lines in a row, three for 19, a touchdown on five targets against the Panthers, five for 78, and seven targets against the Jets, and two for 86, and two touchdowns against uh, the Cowboys on three targets. Uh, So it's a little dicey because he's low volume. And when there's a low-volume player, like maybe he gets uh, four deep shots and they don't connect on any of them. He could post a goose egg, but uh, chances are they're going to connect on at least one, maybe two. Um, but, you know, the Seahawks have struggled, as we mentioned, against the pass all year and are pretty good against the run. So this is kind of a pass-funnel defense. So Kirk might actually see more more volume this, this week, especially if the Cardinals fall behind. So the Chargers were off last week, but the last time that we saw Mike Williams, he was kind of terrorizing the aforementioned New Orleans secondary, and you like Mike Williams against Jacksonville this weekend. Yeah, I think he's flying a little bit under the radar. I mean, obviously he had the five for 109 yard, two touchdown and eight targets against the Saints. He was 
his volume was boosted because Keenan Allen left the game early after catching a touchdown pass. Um, he had back spasms, but it looks like Keenan Allen will be back. But I still expect Williams to get a few deep targets. And Justin Herbert just looks really good. Um, he's delivering the ball. He's willing He's willing to throw the ball to, to Williams when he's covered. And we, we see how great Williams is at contesting you know, contested catches and, and going up and just taking the ball out of the air. And I think he'll continue to do that. And he's been struggling with a, with a hamstring injury, but I think with the, with the bye week, he should be feeling about as good as he can um, heading into the, the remainder of the season. And I think it's a good spot here against the, the Jaguars. It should be a high scoring game. Yeah. The Justin Herbert has been really impressive. Yeah, his, really good. His, his ability to throw deep. I mean, it's almost like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert swap spots because Justin Herbert was more of the efficient, not willing to take the, the shots deep in Oregon's offense last year, where Joe Burrow just did everything, you know, including throwing vertically. And, and those guys have flopped where Herbert's taking the shots with the Chargers, uh, vertical shots. And then you got Joe Burrow kind of dinking and dunking his way down the down the uh, the field. So interesting to kind of look at those two guys. Tight ends, we'll wrap it up here. And I want to mention, you do have Robert Tunyon available or, or listed <laughs> For your sneaky start, so another opportunity for me to get that name right. Yeah, Robert Tunyon. Yep. Uh, he finished the game, so I think he he will play. And um, Houston has just got killed by Anthony Ferkser, uh last week, so it's a good spot for him. Darren Fells, I'll just go through the other two. Darren Fells has two for 57 and a touchdown on two targets and six for 85 and a touchdown on seven targets in the last two weeks with Jordan Aikens out. And it seems like Jordan Aikens, he had a, he had a concussion, and then he has a – ankle injury as well and I don't know which one is the one keeping him out they just list both there's precious little information about Jordan Aikens on the on the interwebs so I don't know what the deal is but he's out uh or it appears he's gonna be out another week and uh the the Packers basically refuse to cover tight ends they're just not very good at it never never been very good at it Gronkowski had uh five for 78 and a touchdown last week and it just seems like they always get burned uh so fellas I think is a a top 12 play this week as a streamer. And the last guy to mention is Logan Thomas. He caught a touchdown last week on four targets. Uh, but this is, you know, kind of a usage thing for him, plus the matchup. I mean, Dallas defense is just not great. They keep up giving up points. And, you know, if there's three or four touchdowns scored by Washington in this game, there's a pretty good chance that Thomas gets one of them, at least one of them. Um, and, you just look at this Washington passing attack and there's just not a whole lot there after Terry McLaren. So uh, Thomas is in a pretty good spot this week as well. That's John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stoltz. You can follow JP on Twitter at, at John underscore, uh, actually, I'm sorry, at 444 underscore John. I'm at Anthony Stalter if you want to give me a follow as well. Best of luck to all your fantasy um, you know, implications this, this weekend. Hope you do well, and I hope you tune back in next week for 444.com's Mulsacra podcast. We'll be back uh, for week eight, and we'll have more of John's sneaky starts and injuries and things like that for you. So, again, hope you enjoyed the podcast today. We'll see you next time on 444.com's The Mulsacra Podcast. With your arms outstretched to me Now it's 16 months To the promised land And I promise you I'm doing the best I can 
Stay.